This is the Clink Law Podcast, providing clarity to the many gray areas surrounding estate planning so you feel empowered to take action. Now here's your host, Peter Clink. Hello, this is Peter Clink, trust and estates attorney in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, talking to you once again about death and taxes. All of those inevitable things. Well, today we're going to talk about a person you need to pick to be part of your plan, the executor, the person who executes your plan. As you imagine, since time immemorial, as long as we've been humans, when somebody dies, we had to decide who got their stuff, right? You can't take it with you. You don't get to take your spear, your fish hook, your money, or whatever it is with you. So when you passed, somebody got it. Well, well, who? There's systems in every culture and religion and every, every country about how these things are decided. But somebody has to carry out that plan. They must execute the plan that you put together. And in our system here in the States, we call that person an executor. In some states, personal representative. If you don't have a will, it's an administrator. But we're talking about how to pick an executor. So we're assuming here you're going to have a will. And if you have a will, you have a plan. You have decided in writing where you want your things to go. But somebody has to carry out the plan. And it's pretty important that you pick somebody to carry this out that can do the job. If you don't, well, at our firm, we have probate attorneys, we have estate planning attorneys, and then we have estate litigation attorneys. The estate litigation attorneys go to court and, of course, help people with their disputes And sometimes the dispute is about what the executor's done or hasn't done. Try to avoid bumping into my litigation team if you can help it. Uh, By putting the little forethought into your plan and picking the right executor, you can make sure that the process after you go is as smooth and as easy and as boring as it possibly can be. That's the victory. So let's talk about this person, the executor. Who is this person? What do they do? Uh, if you've been an executor, you might have an idea, of course, but a lot of people have not. But again, the, the executor is the person who can carries out the plan. They execute the plan. So what do they do? Well, you know, first, they have to potentially put together your funeral. You pass. they got to take care of the immediate things. Secure the house. Make sure your pets are taken care of. Perhaps make sure your children are taken care of. Gather and secure your assets, like just changing the locks on the doors or gathering the assets at the bank. But once they've secured the things, what do they do with them? Well, they're supposed to carry out your plan that's in your will. But first, they have to pay taxes. They have to take care of your creditors. Um, They might have to sell real estate. They might have to shut down your business, right? All the while, in the background, are the beneficiaries wondering when they're going to get their money. So they have to communicate with these people, make sure that they're, they understand what's going on and they have a timeline, you know, they have to manage expectations. So there's a lot this person needs to do. Uh, if you look at the written portion of this podcast to put together, there's a list of, of again, very common things you can read through that might, uh, again, help you better understand what this person's job is. So who's the right person for this job? Legally, person just has to be 18. Uh, essentially 18 and breathing, uh, you know, you're, you're eligible to be an executor. You can pick anybody. You could pick somebody who's in prison. You could pick somebody overseas. 
person doesn't have to uh, fit into a specific category of being a child or a relative or an attorney or anything. Pretty much anybody can be an executor. But who should you pick? (laughs) That's the real decision, right? You can pick anybody pretty much, but who should you pick? Well, let's kind of go through some some common things that happen. People, when I talk to clients, uh, they inevitably turn to, if they have children, to their children. It's a a natural thought. They're the ones who are usually inheriting. So it's in their own selfish best interest to be in charge and make sure it gets done. So it's a common thought, but you have to think about this. You know your child, or hopefully you do pretty well. Um, Are they up to this type of job? Do they even have the time? Uh, Selling your house, putting things together, uh, or gathering things, securing things, uh, paying taxes, maybe that just isn't your child's cup of tea. Uh, they have other things to do. They might have little children. Uh, they might have a job. They might have a spouse that, that you know takes up their time. Uh, maybe they just don't have time for this. And if they don't, it'll lag. It'll be way more of a chore than it needs to be. And in the end, they might just end up hiring somebody to do all the work anyway and spending the money to do it. So you know, maybe you should move on to somebody else. It doesn't have to be a child. It can be any other family member. And typically people pick family members for this job because they think they'll do it for free. Well, maybe uh, that is true. Uh, If you expect them to not do the job for free, uh, it should say that in the will. You'll do this for no fee. Remember, they don't have to do this job. Just because you name your sister doesn't mean she has to be executor. She can always say, thank you very much. I'm not going to do that and pass. So if it's going to be a lot of work, should they be paid? Those are good questions you should think through. And if so, maybe you want to be exact about how much they get paid and it's going through uh, at the end. So you can pick a family member, but you don't have to. Uh, You can name a professional. Uh, attorneys do this. We buy service executor, banks serve as executors, trust companies serve as executors, accountants, just other professionals you have in your life that might be a good fit can be an executor. It kind of fits into what we do any, otherwise, right? People hire our probate people to do probate anyway. Why would you do this? Well, you might do it because, you know, again, the kid just isn't up to the job anyway. Uh, or you're just looking at it as a cost. If you pick your sister and she takes the full rate fee for serving but hires us to do all the work, well, you kind of paid twice, right? <laughs> it might be better just to have the bank or the attorney do it and get paid once rather than your again, sister brother getting paid and then them hiring and using estate money to hire the attorney to do all the work anyway. So just considerations to think about as you're brainstorming about who might be a good fit. Well, think about... Pros and cons here. Uh, Family members, good. They might do it for free. Might not. Uh, They know where all the assets are. They know the players that are involved. So if there's a problem relative, they might know how to deal with them. Uh, There might be minor children. They're going to be the guardian. They might handle the money and take care of for that that child. But again, all these things can be turned into a negative, right? Uh, Family members have conflict. It's kind of the nature of a lot of families, pretty much all families, right? There's some headbutting. And if you pick a family member, they might know all the people, but they know the person you pick. And maybe that's going to lead to a conflict. Be honest about your family. Having a conflict means that the 
probate is not easy and boring. And guys, that's the goal here. Easy and boring. That's what we want. So family members can be good, and there might be a lot of positives, and there might be some negatives. But also, again, know your kids. It might be that if you pick one of the children, the others just feel slighted. It's not your intention. You just want somebody to do it. But if you just pick one person, how will that affect the others? Sometimes, just for family peace and peace of mind, it's better just to pick the bank and let them do it. So there is no favoritism and the work gets done and all your kids can have Thanksgiving together and not be mad at each other. That's a victory, right? That's a victory. You could pick them all to work together. My practice have now found this to be much more workable because today's world, things are done through DocuSign and through the FedEx overnight or done through a Zoom call. Whether your kids live in opposite sides of the country or opposite sides of the world, it doesn't really matter. They can both be co-executors. So if it would work better to have all the kids, right, or the siblings or whatever it is to work together just because of family politics, don't let distance be a problem like it might have been 40, 50 years ago. Let them be co-executors. Nothing wrong with that. Now, you got to be honest. I just, I always prompt the clients I'm talking to when they want the group to be honest with me that the kids really can work together. And every once in a while I have somebody say, well, no, they hate each other, but I'm sure after my death, in my memory, they will work together closely. No, that's not going to happen, guys. Uh, If your kids don't get along, if they butt heads, or even if it's just their spouses don't like each other, it might be a bad idea to have them work together because it'll just lead to conflict. I say this over and over again to clients. Sometimes kids can't help to notice that this is the last chance they have to mess with each other. Right? Mom and dad are now dead. They never have to speak to one another again if they don't want to. This is the last thing they're going to be forced to do together. And you know what? There's something that one of them did to the other one when they were three that they just never quite gave up on. And it's going to be a problem. It's the last chance they have. In that type of situation, again, it's not rational, right? We're humans. We're not rational. (laughs) That's not what we do. So be honest. And if you think your kids are going to have an issue... Let somebody else do the job. Just make it easy, right? Make it simple. Uh, avoid the conflict. Non-family members serving, again, they charge. We, we charge for our services. But then, again, be honest. If your kid's going to hire the attorney to do the work anyway, well, then there you go, right? You, you haven't really lost anything uh, or made it more expensive by hiring the attorney. Uh, sometimes uh, attorneys and banks will charge an extra fee. Just so you know, what we do is we just bill hourly for our time. So if I'm the executor, I don't take you know a chunk of the estate just for that service. I, I bill for my time. Uh, so as you can kind of see, probably doesn't cost a lot more to have us be executor than it would be if your, your kid does it. Other banks and institutions and firms do things differently. So, of course, you'd have to ask how they handle that. Now, as you can see, it, making this choice, it kind of sounds like, oh, easy, executor, my spouse, if I die, then the kid or the kid's. Easy peasy. It might be, but you really should think this through. An estate typically takes, call it maybe a year to go through. You have to file your final income tax return. That's in April. If you die in June of one year, 
Got to file the income tax return next April. It's going to be a year. Got to file inheritance or state tax returns. Got to sell houses. Got to do a lot of things. And it just takes time. And if you have no conflicts, you just put the nose to the grindstone and you get, you know, keep going. It, it can be done in short order as possible at, at low expense and low conflict. Again, easy and boring. And picking your executor can help make sure that that's what happens, right? And that is the goal. So, hey, if, if you are in Pennsylvania or New Jersey and you have further questions, you can always contact me. Uh, if you want to read more, if you look on the writing portion uh, of, of the podcast down below, uh, you will see there's some links to further information. Uh, but go ahead and read. Or if you're in another state, you know, contact a trust and state's attorney more about what involves being an executor or personal representative in your state. And uh, be well. And I look forward to talking to you again the next podcast. And we'll continue talking about all this fun death and taxes stuff. Be well. Thanks for listening to the Clink Law Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and share.